And remember, there's only two industries where they refer to their customers as users. What's the second? Drug dealers. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) You could restore it all and rescue me from Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, Debbie Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me my wood consultant, Persona Maliani. How's it going, Persona? Oh, wood consultant, Curtis. You're not a woodworker, but you know a surprising amount about woodworking due to the fact that you like to watch random YouTube videos. And HGTV, I will admit. But yes. Okay. So, for example... I find it... like watch people design something out of like a piece of wood which is what i did this week which is how we ended up you know discovering your woodworking knowledge because i wanted to build a portable stand for my miter saw and hers was the first one that popped up that looked interesting so i just watched it just just for that and then it turns out she's ginormous on youtube (laughs) so she she spent the last year building out this it appears to be like a twenty thousand square foot shop and her final one was like a tour of the results, right? Of You know, these are all the things that we did with the shop. It came out in December. It has 325,000 views already, <laughs> right? So yep. she's like a big stinking deal, April Wilkerson. So this is what I did this week is I built this, uh, she calls it on here, DIY mobile miter saw stand out of two sheets of plywood um, and a whole lot of pocket holes and a couple of piano hinges and some, uh, caster wheels. That was and it looked really nice. Like when I saw the finished product, I was like, wow, that looks really good, Curtis. Yeah. You know, my wife said the same thing, but she said it in a slightly different tone. Like she's like, you made this yourself. <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> I, I have a history of like, you know, getting to 90% or 95%, maybe even 98%, but not actually finishing a project and maybe cutting corners here and there because it's good enough for me. But I really wanted to like follow her plan. So she has, so like this, you can buy the plans. So I bought uh, for 10 bucks. um, I downloaded, you know, a PDF of like the exact cut, you know, the, the, I don't know what you call it, the cut plan or whatever. Uh, Like here's the two pieces of, of plywood and here's exactly how you cut them up in order to um you know put together this 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 thing i i now have made and used pocket holes and um and see their wonder they're quite they're they're, they're quite pretty awesome. cool right do you want to explain to the listeners what a pocket oh hole yeah is? so for those of you that don't know what a pocket hole is how how would you just it's like a slanted drilled hole that goes to the edge of a board but doesn't go all the way to the edge so that you can then put a pocket hole screw and it screws two boards together, but via, via that pocket, I, I it's really hard to describe. It's like, if you, it's Google pocket hole saw, uh, and, and the, the jig that I use, there's this company called Craig K R E G. Now, after having used it a few times, I wish I had done a little bit more research before buying the one that I bought, I would have bought the K four. I told you. Um, shut up. I, I was already at the store. I was already at the store. So I spent so I spent $40 for the one that I bought. For $70, I could have had the K4. 
April uses the K4. So I was like, well, if it's good enough for April, it's good enough for me. I, so um, while you were watching her video, did you figure out, okay, now next I need a larger <clears> place and I need this woodworking machine and this tool and this other tool? Well, I, I am probably going to be, I'm probably going to be buying a table saw. Not, not a big expensive one, but a cheap one because I just, I just don't do that much woodworking. Uh, and I'm going to, the next project I'm going to build is a, a portable, not a portable, but a, uh, what would you call a, a retractable workbench? Right, one that one that folds a fold out collapsible, yeah. collapsible. Yeah, it it it's basically hinged from the wall. And I think for a lot of folks who are intimidated by woodworking, there are these plans even from other people that you can go mm-hmm. find that make it easy that take out a lot of the difficulties and show you step by step, so you have a place to start to make awesome uh, things without having to worry yeah. about oh, yeah. am I an expert or not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, obviously, you need to be familiar with some power tools and, and okay with trying that, that you're not familiar with. <clears throat> I will say that making lots of really long straight cuts on a sheet of plywood without a table saw is quite challenging. So uh, that's probably how I'm going to end up buying a cheap table saw. <laughs> anyway, let's go back to let's go back to where I actually really know what I'm talking about, which is the world of backups. And <clears throat> so I was talking to you before the show, and we were trying to figure out what to talk about. And you came up with this idea of device refresh. And what brought this idea to mind for you? Recently, I got a new iPhone. And I'm the type who doesn't upgrade phones very often. I think my last one was six years old. How? What? So what iPhone did you replace? Uh, it was an iPhone 6 Plus. Wow. So, that's, yeah. <laughs> that was, that, isn't that the original big one? Uh, yeah, that's the first big one that came yeah. out. Yeah. Okay. So... I had one of those, and I don't do a lot with my phone. Every once in a while, I take pictures, but I use it a lot for browsing and emails. Like I do a lot of emails and texts and everything else on my phone. So there's a lot of data on my phone. And so I was trying to figure out, oh, I've been dreading the moment of figuring out how do I actually migrate data off my current phone to my new phone? And I was looking up things online. They're like, oh, if you're using cloud services, everything syncs to the cloud. But then you have to download each app. You have to enter your password. You have to pull your data down. It gets to be a pain. Other people were saying, okay, just use a laptop, back it up. But now you got to plug in one, you have to back it up and all the rest. And you have to make sure that your laptop is actually upgraded to the right operating system release that'll let you um, do the right level of backups. I also tend to run older operating systems on my laptops, and therefore I couldn't do that Mm -hmm. option. Mm. (laughs) And then finally, I realized after I got it, they're like, oh, yeah, all you have to do is Apple has made it very slick for you to upgrade. When you get your new phone, you basically start the process and you say, I want to wirelessly send data from my old phone to my new phone. And on your new phone, as you're going through this, it shows like a little picture with all these like spinning cubes. And I'm sure that there's some passcode or some mechanism built in. And you point your old phone camera at it. It takes a picture and then it automatically synchronizes and starts moving all your data over um, seamlessly without you having to do anything. And you just wait like 40 minutes or something or however long it takes and you're done, and everything gets moved over. Yeah, I think the picture, isn't that like an authentication thing? Yeah, it's an authentication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, that's actually pretty awesome. Like, it was so seamless. Like, I was dreading it. I was like, I literally had the new phone sitting in a box after I received it for like five days. (laughs) Just to avoid the fact of, oh, my God, how am I going to figure out how to move it? Yeah, yeah. I've done both. I've done the full, like, iCloud sync down via the cloud uh and i've done the one that you described and and definitely the the second one is is better yeah. right 
and, and it's it either both of them install all the apps. What what I what I'm not sure, and you you could tell me this. Other apps that aren't Apple apps, I don't think they copy over the authentication stuff. Yeah, they don't copy over the passwords, et cetera, for those other apps. Right. So you do have to log in, which is actually one of my pains that I was going to mention. Luckily, I didn't have many apps, so mm-hmm. it wasn't as big of a deal. But yeah, going through and logging into each one. And like you, Curtis, I use a password manager, which means I don't remember what my passwords are or I don't right. know what my passwords are. Yeah, I don't, I don't have any idea what my passwords are. The good news is the password, I don't know how yours is, but the password manager that I have um, has a really good uh, iOS interface now. So literally when you're going to log in, uh, underneath it, it, there's like a gray bar, like just above the thing. And the word passwords will be there. Yep. You, and if you tap that, it opens up the, the password app yep. and then you enter your master password and then boom, you're back at the screen and the password's there most of the time. Yep. So um, it was, it was refreshing to see how quickly things came over and I didn't have to deal with a lot of the issues. Well, and, and that and that's a really good point that it, it can go really well, but in most situations in IT, like in 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 the in the world of IT, when we talk about phones, most people aren't getting a phone refresh from their company, right? Most people there there are some, um, but most people are getting a laptop from their company, especially this year. I'm sorry, last year, um, everybody got a laptop. And you get a laptop, you get a laptop, everybody gets a laptop. Sorry, that was my, that was my Oprah impression. Anyway. Um, I checked the, under my chair. There was no gift. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. Um, so the, 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 the thing that's difficult for me as someone who's specialized in backups for a long time is <laughs> that so many people don't back up their laptops. So many companies, uh, I mean, a lot of people do. We have a lot of, you know, Druva has, by the way, this is not a Druva podcast. Uh, Prasanna and I do both work for Druva, but uh, the opinions that you hear are our own. But Druva has a lot of laptop customers, but there are a lot of companies. And I think if I were to just, you know, throw out a number, well, I don't know if I, I, I will say the vast majority of companies don't actively back up their laptops. And as a result, the device refresh experience of the person in the field is not like what you experienced. Yep. <laughs> it's everything but, right? Yep. So, you know, they, 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 might, they might get their data, but their data is often copied from the old laptop, right? Again, Mac, Mac does. I don't know. If, I don't know. If I haven't migrated a Windows laptop in an awfully long time, but I know with Macs, if you get a new Mac, you can just say migrate, just like the the phone. Just like yeah, you can do that. But if you but don't do that, you don't have your laptop though, right? Well, then you're then you're yeah. SOL, right? In fact, well, so, in, in fact yeah. sorry, just on that point, I wanted to bring up. So was it? last year so we do we were traveling for work and we're doing our sales training and i remember one of the coordinators um the planners for this um was sitting there and her laptop crashed i remember that yeah do you remember that right and so she lost all her data sorry she had no access to her laptop but luckily she was still able to access whatever was shared in the cloud and saved there so that was great 
And then she got a new laptop from IT and she was quickly able to restore her data because, of course, it was being backed up by Druva. Yeah. So that that's the way it can be if you're backing up everything, not just the data, but like the profile, the 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 user data, right? That metadata about a user, all those configuration settings and whether or not. So I'm, you know, I'm an Apple guy, but I don't like what they call natural scrolling on my MacBook. Oh my God, that drives me. I, I'm with you, Curtis. <laughs> First setting that I that I make on the MacBook is is natural scrolling. Um, so, you know, everything from little tiny things like that to, you know, big important things like files and stuff like that. If you are backing it up, then IT can just send you a, essentially a blank laptop and then when you log in and authenticate yourself with the backup system, boom, your all your profile, all that stuff, and whether or not you like natural scrolling and et cetera, all of that stuff can be immediately restored and you can move forward without, because I, I don't think that um, companies put enough um, sort of thought to how much lost productivity happens not because necessarily somebody lost data, which they may indeed, right? Uh, I, I think a lot of companies, they use, they, they tell people, hey, if it matters, put it in OneDrive, right? If it matters, put it in the, in the G drive. And that, you know, that's not a backup mechanism. That's a file sync and share process. They are different. They have different purposes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We, we could have a whole, I don't know if we've had a episode on that, but but that is what I think a lot of people do. And so they say, okay, there's not, there shouldn't be any data on the laptop that matters. There always is. There right? always is. Yeah, number one, there always is. Number, you know, number one. Number two, I, I don't think they're 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 underestimating how difficult it is for the average remote user right now, all Everyone's users. <laughs> um, how much effort wasted effort and time and cost, especially from the IT end that, that they go through in order to, um, to solve this problem without a decent backup and recovery system. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> and the thing, you know, if you look at the average cost of a typical, you know, laptop backup service, right. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a single digit number of dollars per month. Um, and, you multiply that times a year. And so you're talking about, you know, let's say on the high end, a hundred dollars. I don't even think anybody charges that much for a basic backup, but let's just say on the high end, a hundred dollars a year for that user. There, there's no way you can tell me that you don't save a hundred dollars per person per year on that kind of problem, I guess is what. No, totally agree. Uh, I was actually going to go back and comment on the when you're talking about the settings and everything natural scrolling yeah. before i migrated my phone over to the new one i actually so i'm very particular about things i actually looked at my home screen noted down where everything was in terms of icons because i like things a certain way i like yeah, my yeah. applications arranged a certain way and i was, wasn't sure what would happen to my old phone when right. i did the migrate so i wrote it down just in or i took a picture just in case <laughs> Something happened. So now on my new phone, luckily Apple migrated that all over. So it all looks and feels the same. But you know what else they migrated? What? The picture that you took of the old desktop. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. Um, yeah. I, and the thing is, it's like, it's just from a mental 
health perspective, it's so much easier when a migration like this goes right. So let's say you hadn't done what you did. Had you like, had you, as we say in this house, pulled a Curtis and perhaps you were working out on the pool and you fell in the pool with your phone in your pocket. Let's just say you did that. I don't know if anybody's ever done that in life, but I, I know some people who have fallen in the pool with their phone. They're waterproof now. Well, they're waterproof-ish as long as nothing has happened to the phone. Yep. So like my current phone is cracked on the back. Yeah. I don't think that's waterproof anymore, right? Nope, um, and now I'm trying to figure out is whether or not I want to spend the 120 bucks to have my fix it screen, you know, or just live with it. But it, because it's only the back and my, my phone's in a case 90 Five percent of the time. Well, how'd you break it then? Hey, leave me alone. Anyway, um, get out of my so, head, Curtis. So, so if you if you had lost your device, um, or or had, had had you know damaged it in some way, you wouldn't have been able to do the restore that you did. But you still would have been able to do it via the cloud. And honestly, it's the same level of effort. It just takes longer. Right. Um, I've been very happy with the cloud restore. It, it does take a lot longer than I would think that it would, but it is like, in my case, you know, a couple hundred gigabytes, which for the record is close to the size of the data center when I joined the industry. Can you imagine that a data center in your phone? Yeah. Cause I, we, I remember that our, our total data center size was 300 gigabytes. <laughs> right. And that's now a phone. Yeah. Right. Um, so yeah, so, and it's got to come down via a straw, right? So we talked about but, but mobile devices. We yeah, talked about laptops. laptops. And I actually wanted to switch over to, even in the data center, since you were just talking about that. And this yeah. could also apply yeah. in the cloud as well, is when you have applications that's running on infrastructure, periodically you are going to be refreshing that infrastructure. And so how do you deal with those sort of refreshes, right? And I would think that, like, in the case of VMware and Hyper-V, I think that's solved uh, even without backups, which, of course, you would never go without backups. But even without backups, I think migrating a VM between... um, Like a storage vMotion. Yeah, storage vMotion is an amazing... That's literally... The first time I saw somebody... You're like, magic! Demonstrate that. Yeah, exactly. Magic. I felt like the... The Ewoks in uh, uh, Return of the Jedi, you know, when when um, C-3PO started floating through the air. Like, um, the You know the phrase, right? The any technology sufficiently advanced is indistinguishable from magic. You've heard that, right? No. It's a phrase. It's a mm. common. I didn't come up with that. That, that any technology sufficiently advanced enough is indistinguishable from magic. I guess that's and, true. Like if I think back at like the first time electric vehicles were created, everyone would be like, oh, that's crazy talk. That's yeah. Magic. Yeah. Electrons um, moving a car, bonkers. Exactly. Well, electricity, I imagine, you know. Um, oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first time you see a light coming on. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the, I, I, I'm trying to think. The fir- I, I still remember the first time, I don't know if you do, the first time I used a VM. Do you remember the first time you used a VM? Huh. I uh, da, 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 da. Yes. Yeah. I do. I 
I remember mine because it was a very vivid situation because I was teaching a class on Oracle Backup and I wanted to, um, uh, what I wanted to do in the, the first half of the class was all theory. The second half of the class was going to be, I had an Oracle um, database run. I had a, a dual boot laptop, mm -hmm. right? It was a Linux and Windows. And I was going to boot into over the break. I was going to boot into Linux, <clears throat> back up, you know, and get ready to back up and restore my Oracle database. And what I was actually going to do is I was going to turn my back and have them damage the database in some way that I didn't know. And then I would restore the database. Um, the problem was when I booted into um, Linux, the projector stopped working. And uh, a few Google searches later, what did we do before Google? I found out that my Sony VAIO laptop, that there were no external display drivers for Linux uh, for my Sony VAIO laptop. And so while everyone was at lunch, I did I downloaded this new thing called VMware. Mm. Um, and what, what, what I think, was it called VMware Workstation? Wasn't that the original? That's the original one, yeah. Yeah. And I did a P2V conversion. Uh, doing a DD from the <laughs> from the hard drive on Linux to the you know over there and booted that the 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 Linux server inside of VM on my Windows laptop and again oh, I was like that is amazing <laughs> right so so VMware I think and and not just VMware but other virtualization products have made I think that a lot easier. Um, when we talk about where it and where it truly becomes amazing, when we talk about something like DR, the fact that you can bring up your VM in a completely different data center, even even a completely different hypervisor, it's even possible to migrate data between or migrate servers in between hypervisors, right? If you have the right technology, um, the the key there is to just make sure you back up the data. Mm. Um, the other thing you talked about migrating, you talked about that this also happens in the cloud. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, no, I was just wondering in the cloud as well. You might be, there are always new instances coming up. So you might be migrating mm -hmm. your application from one to another. And mm -hmm. I believe typically because you have EBS volumes, if you are using EBS volumes, you should be able to just detach and reattach it to another instance type and get the benefits, right? Kind of like migrating phone data from one to another. But there's also... I know Amazon has released their Graviton instances, which are ARM-based, which offer better price performance. But that's a mm -hmm. very different architecture than your x86 um, instances out there. So that's not quite an easy uh, migration to go from one to another. So that's another type of device refresh, which may, which I think is important to think about because especially in the cloud, things are changing so quickly. You need to make sure that you can refresh the underlying hardware or infrastructure, I should say infrastructure, not hardware, to whatever it is. And this even includes the managed services, be it DynamoDB, which makes it easier to do the refreshes underneath the covers itself. I'll say two things. One is I think that moving between different types of instances, faster instances, different storage, moving from, say, block storage to SSD storage or whatever in the cloud is about as easy as it is in VMware and Hyper-V and KVM, but the key is to make sure you have backup. So, because I don't think that you're you're not going to use backup to no. to make that migration, right? You're going to use 
built-in tools, right? Because Amazon and, and, you know, Microsoft and all these folks are going to make it easier to, for you to move to the newer, fancier, more expensive thing, right? Not always more expensive, but yes. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Not always more expensive. Uh, just the newest thing, right? They want to keep you, want to keep you hooked. (laughs) (laughs) I learned something this week. I had always thought of DynamoDB as a pass database, right? Platform as a service. And it's not. It's actually a managed instance, it's right? A, yeah. So they call it a server, right? Which is a term that always cracks me up because there's a server. You just don't see it. The thing with DynamoDB, you don't ever see the database or the instance or anything. You literally just put data in. You just authenticate to it and you put data, you put key value pairs in it. And you could put a billion of them in there and the back end will just automatically scale to meet your needs, which is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there are a number of other databases like that. But I learned that this week. I had always thought of it as a past database, but it's actually a serverless database because you don't, a, a past database would be more like RDS, yeah. where you're still managing it like a regular Oracle database for the most part. You just, and you're still provisioning it. Like you say, I want this many table spaces, I want this much storage, but you're not actually provisioning it. You're just saying, this is, what this, I is how I, this is what I want. And then they go and provision it for you, right? And especially there, you're dealing with, you're just not managing the actual hardware, underlying hardware. In the case right, right, right. Um, you may still be limited by some of the limitations of that underlying hardware. So you might not be able to, for example, grow a volume that you already made. You may or may not, but if the underlying volume is not able to grow, then you will not be able Sorry. to, you, you could ask for it all you want. Right. Um, but with a, with a, with a serverless database, then that's not a problem. But I think going back to what you were saying, it's make sure you have backups. So, because even throughout this migration process, there may be issues that may lead you to not be able to get some of your data back or not come, get back up and running. You always need to make sure that you can restore just in case something happens. It's pretty much the story of my life, right? <laughs> The, the answer to everything is a good backup because even with all these great uh, migration techniques, when you do want to refresh the virtual hardware up in the cloud and the same thing with, um, with this phone to phone thing, like it's literally, that's a great tool, but what if it goes wrong? iCloud is a really interesting one because it, it really is your app is really, I'm sorry, your, your device is really just a cache uh, what's and in a, the cloud. of what's in the cloud. And in some cases, it's not even a cache. It's a like you can turn on a feature in the photos so that what's on your phone is a dumbed down version of the original photo. The original photo is in the cloud. You have a dumbed down version in your phone to give to give you essentially unlimited photo storage. Um, so the, the phone creates the 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 data and then that data is immediately sent to the cloud and it also happens to be able to be displayed on your phone which is great for saving space it is great for saving space well and it's also great for this issue it, it means that the backup in the cloud is always there and ready to go yep. right with a laptop and and to go back to the laptops uh that isn't the case for OneDrive and dropbox and whatnot right the, the, it's not immediately sent to the cloud it may or may not be number one number two the user has to make sure that they're putting the, the user, data in the place in exactly the user has to and and the thing is you know if if the people that used all this equipment were 
you know, I don't want to insult anybody, but if they were perfect, <laughs> then then you and I wouldn't have a job. That's right? true. Right? User users are great. Um, and remember, there's only two industries where they refer to their customers as users. What's the second? Drug dealers. Oh. <laughs> You know, users are great, but they also make lots and lots and lots of mistakes. Mistakes that to me and you are seem ridiculous, right? Um, I, I can remember thinking back, I worked at a large aerospace company and there was this, there was this little server in a remote office. I mean, it wasn't that remote. I mean, it was just literally across the street, but it, it was remote enough that no one in IT wanted to go over and grab tapes every day. So what they what they did was they wrote a script so that um, it would eject the DDS tape at the end of the backup to sort of let the person know, hey, you need to take this tape out and then put another tape in. Mm-hmm. That wasn't how the user responded. <laughs> they just put the same tape back in? They just, they just pushed it back in. They're like, oh, look, the tape's out again. <laughs> we better put it in so that they, so they oh, can do boy. a backup. So they got a backup, but the backup was never more than a day, than a day old. And of course, the backup never went off site. Yeah. Another bad thing. Um, and that was, for the record, a workplace where there was a, uh, uh, what we now refer to as an active shooter. Mm. I, don't, I don't know if we had those terms back then, but uh, we did have a disgruntled employee that came in shooting up the place. Mm. Um, and a number of my coworkers were hiding under desks. I was not there that day. So, but you know, if he had shot the the computer. Was this in San Diego? No, it was in LA. A company that no longer exists. Well, uh, not, not by that name anyway. It was, it was Hughes. Aerospace. Yeah. Hughes Aerospace uh, making satellites. We covered phones. We covered laptops. We covered servers. I guess for SaaS applications, there's really nothing you have to do. Yeah. That's not a device refresh situation that is a that's just a straight up backup and recovery it is the same solution it's just a different problem right you don't you're not going to be responsible that 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 back end problem is going to that's going to happen but that's the vendor's problem but i don't i don't know if there are solutions to help you move from say microsoft 365 to is it called google workspaces now Think so. I think that's what it's called. Google. It's either Google Workspace or Google Workspaces. I don't know what was wrong with G Suite, but you know. Well, I know it's the same thing. So Microsoft wanted their brand in Microsoft 365 because it used to be Office 365, and Google was like, I don't know if everybody knows what the G stands for. <laughs> so we're going to make it Google Workspaces, and it's also VMware Cloud on AWS. It's not VMC. <laughs> yep. Don't say VMC. Not with anybody from AWS around anyway. Yeah. It's like saying, you might as well say archive a backup with me anywhere nearby. (laughs) There's no such thing as archiving a backup. But going back to your question, I think that there are uh, companies out there who do help you migrate. Migrate from one to the other? From one to the other. The only problem is they're not always compatible. So there might be some data munging along the way, if you will, just to try to get into something that's compatible. Right, right. Or if there's no APIs, then you're a little hosed, right? To even get your data out, right? Like Microsoft or Microsoft 365, there are some other uh, products within the solution that don't offer APIs today. Recapping that, I love the Apple migration. I think it made it very simple. I hope there are more tools out there and more people focused on that because people are going to be upgrading their devices 
And so making it as easy and simple as possible, I think goes a long way for the end user. And by the way, I think there's something similar in the Android world, but it's it's a little bit more driven by the, well, it's a lot more driven by the provider, right? So like Verizon does this for people who are running Android phones. There's no, there's no Apple equivalent. There's probably like Samsung might have it. I know Verizon had it. Probably Motorola has one as well. Yeah. There's no equivalent of Apple. I, I just wanted to mention because, you know, we've been talking about the the Apple folks. So anyway, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff I like to complain about Apple, but they get this part really right. <laughs> By the way, Time Machine is also really good as well. That's another way you can migrate data from laptop to laptop. It's also a decent way to get a solid backup of everything on your laptop if you're Ooh. if you're just one person. Ooh, we should talk about Time Machine because I want to hear your point. I like it and I don't like it. Here's what I like about Time Machine. It's a great way, if you don't have access to a service like Druva, right? It's a great way to get a solid backup of everything on your laptop. It's literally user-proof, right? You If you plug in a USB, you know, a portable hard drive, the Mac will say, hey, you just happened to plug in a new portable hard drive. You want me to use this for Time Machine? And you go, okay. And then you just turn it on. And then as long as that hard drive is plugged in, it will back up, uh, Time Machine will back up. And Time Machine is also architecturally very interesting. For, for those that don't know, Time Machine backups are not in a like a backup format, like a container like TAR or CPIO or Dump or something like that. It's literally a straight file for file, like the initial is a file for file copy. And then when they make an incremental backup, what they're doing is they're making hard links to the files that haven't, well, they're making hard links to the files that haven't changed and the files that have changed. But when a file hasn't changed, a hard link doesn't take up any space. So you can have, you know, many, many incrementals. By the way, I found out that's also, um, I've been studying database backup this week for the book. And uh, I found out that's also the way Cassandra does snapshots, mm. what they call snapshot. When you make Cassandra snapshots, what it is really is it's it's just like Time Machine. Gotcha. It's a bunch of hard links. And then when you have updated stuff, it creates, you know, a new hard link, right? And so what's really nice about Time Machine is if you have a completely, you know, brain dead laptop, well, as long as it, it will boot, Right. So if it boots up enough to point to the time machine backup, it will say, hey, would you like me to restore this whole machine from that time machine backup? And it will do that. It will it will restore it. That's what I like about time machine. What I don't like about time machine is also a lot. Right. I don't like the fact that it actually impacts the performance of your box quite a bit every time it runs a backup and it runs it pretty frequently. So I even when I had a computer that I bought, I bought a Mac mini many years ago mm-hmm. that comes with two hard drives. By default, one is configured as the OS drive and the other is configured as the time machine drive. It The performance of running a backup annoyed me so much that I disabled automatic time machine backup. So I don't like that. I also don't like the way it works with a time capsule, which is a remote device. The time capsule, what it does is it creates like an ISO image and that's what it backs up to. It doesn't do the... Yeah, sparse bundle. Yeah, that's exactly what it's called, the sparse bundle. And those can get corrupt. 
So I don't like that. But other than that. Well, I don't like that they don't have a retention. It's ju- It just goes until it can't go anymore. And then it starts deleting all the old stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The The final thing I wanted to say was I just have a core problem with the, the core concept of needing to have a physical hard drive. That like This is why I'm saying for an individual user, I think it's fine. Uh, just realize that you need to get that hard drive away from the thing you're backing up and which is an antithesis to how you need to have it to get the backups done. So if if you got the, if you got the hard, so like, like you need two hard drives, like one that's somewhere else and one that's nearby your laptop. But I agree with you about needing a copy somewhere else, because like you said, you could do the local backup. And even if you had a time capsule, which goes over the network, you don't physically have to plug your laptop or your hard drive in, but it's still within your network. We should make a rule about that. I think about what that you should have, you should always have some of your backups elsewhere. Oh yeah, no, I think it's called a one, two, three. The one, the one, two, three. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So so time machine violates. That's that's my big problem with time machine for a laptop is that it really violates the three, two, one rule. The backup of your laptop is probably if you travel a lot, sitting right next to the thing you're backing up. Which means if you get your laptop bag stolen, like I did once on on a trip, three of us got our MacBook stolen out of the back seat of a rental car that we left in the parking lot while we went into. I mean, it's, it's all our fault, right? Blame the victim. Sure. We, we were just tired. We had just flown into Houston. We went to dinner. We came out from dinner and, you know, it had just turned dark and somebody just did a smash and grab of three laptop bags sitting in the back seat, And we never saw those things again. And, w- you know, if you're using a, a portable hard drive, it was probably in that bag. And there goes your backup along with your, with your laptop. So I don't think that's a good plan, but Everything else I like about it. it it's good so, for the average user because it's simple. And it's also good for even for somebody like me that has, you know, Druva backing up their laptop. There's nothing wrong with making an occasional backup of that laptop to another device, right? Just if you're relying on that singular device as your backup, and then you're also bringing that device along with you everywhere you go. It, you know, you're going to lose your data along with your laptop. Like it's a car fire, you know, it's never any good stories that takes your data. Right. All right. Well, I think we've beat the topic of device refresh to death. <laughs> Back it up or give it up, baby. That's what I say. Back it up or give it I up. I think you should print out like not bumper stickers. I think you should print out stickers with that. Well, with that, I will thank you again, Persona, for hanging out with me for a little bit. Thank you, Curtis. It's always fun chit-chatting, and I'm excited to see what you build next in your or do next for your woodworking. Me too. And thank you to the listeners and make sure to subscribe so that you can restore it all. System isn't worth a spit. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead, it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spit.
It'll be completely done Maybe one day it 